You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Diaspora Blues acknowledges this program is produced and presented on the sovereign lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We acknowledge elders past, present and becoming, as well as the owners of the land you're hearing us from. So, here you are, too foreign for home, too foreign for here, never enough for both. Ijuoma Umebinyo, Diaspora Blues. What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it mean to belong and how do we build a home away from home? Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Busto and Bigwa every Monday at 2.30 on 3CR Community Radio. Produced by Yan. Welcome, 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 welcome to Diaspora Blues. It's the 23rd of November, 2020. Yes, welcome. How exciting. Third week? Third week. Yes. Feeling really great. I'm feeling a lot smoother. Mmm, indeed, (laughs) indeed. How was your weekend, Biggie? Wow, um, it was it was really interesting. Um, I did really like the rain. The sound of it was quite nice, uh, but it was a it was a weekend of work for me. Um, good work, um, hard work, but enjoyable work. I think there's something about working on a project that you love and that really is important. Um, it, it's really invigorating, though it's you know grueling work. Um, there's something really beautiful about it the kind of the, the the intenseness of it I love that for you and speaking of work congratulations on your uh, achievement um, I know you're not one to talk about stuff but if you don't mind maybe you could tell us about your new gig at the Wheeler Centre yes Bigwa is a recipient of the 2020 um, next chapter uh, with the Wheeler Center, which is a scheme to support writers to potentially produce manuscript, you get um, a mentor for um, for a year, and yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really, really excited. Um, it 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 feels about time to begin working on a on a manuscript of poetry and prose, and yeah. I am excited for you because of your new role, but also. Just having seen from the, I guess, as someone who has seen your growth as well, like when I first met you, you were just starting out. I mean, you might have been writing beforehand, but in terms of performance, seeing your one of your first performances, um, I think in 2015, that's around when you started, right, doing um, live performances. Interestingly enough, we're going to talk to someone who I was also really integral in that happening, in that becoming. And it was, um, and I remember being in, in high school and my English teacher said, you write really poetically, like essays and things, like English essays. And I was like, okay. Um, and I, I didn't know I was a writer. I didn't, I did not in that way, you know, and I didn't know I was writing poetry. I had little things. And I went to a Still Nomads event and I felt really pushed and compelled to to share something and I'd never really done something like that and perhaps it's just being around that what it means to be around 
what um, others that are affirming black creativity, it jumps out of you. That's literally what happened. And so it was it was that time for sure. And um, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. I'm so happy for you, Bigwa. Thank like, you. You honestly deserve it. You've put in the work. Um, yeah. And I love that you said your teacher said you write poetically because you even speak poetically. Every sentence feels like a stanza when you talk and I'm just like, ah. Thank you, Aya. No, you're welcome. So who do we have on the show today? Oh, my goodness. Arij Noor is a radio producer, presenter and educator. We love, love Arij. And Arij was, is um, uh, one of the co-founders of the art collective Still Nomads, which I mentioned earlier, um, as well as a co-founder and co-director of podcast network, mm. Broadwave. Uh, she currently presents on The Wrap on Triple R and teaches media and communications at a tertiary level. Um, most of Arie's work seeks to support women of color. Amazing. I was one of those. Particularly black women to be at the forefront of discussions about art, race and feminism and justice. Um, really excited to have Arie on today. Fitzroy Legal Service has launched a free information and advice phone service for people who have been stopped, questioned fined or charged for breaching COVID-19 restrictions. Have you been fined or charged under the new laws or stopped and questioned by police for being outside? Call 0434-136-501. Weekdays between 9am and 5pm. That's 0434-136-501. Or head to fitzroy-legal.org.au for more information. You can also report incidents at covidpolicing.org.au. Fitzroy Legal Service is a 3CR supporter. Music has been at the heart of the city of Darabin's rich cultural history. Beats, Ballads and Ballrooms is an audio tour that covers the history of country, rock, punk, cabaret, rabbinica, folk, and traditional music styles in the Darabin area. Experienced as a walking tour via the Echoes app, or listen to at home via the web. The tour brings listeners to 15 locations to reveal the songs and stories behind the city's venues, past and present. Visit beatsballadsandballrooms.com for more information. Beats, Ballads and Ballrooms was commissioned and funded by Darabin Arts, a hyperlocal. A 3CR supporter. The Common Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital campaigning, diversity and inclusion and much, much more. It's free to access the library, so check out the collection at www.commonslibrary.org. Common Social Change Library is a 3CR supporter.
bell hooks writes in teaching to transgress, the classroom remains the most radical space of possibility in the academy. One person who's making educational spaces more equitable for black and brown students is Arijnur. Arij is a radio producer, presenter, and educator, co-founder of Art Collective Research Platform, Still Nomads, is also a co-founder and co-director of podcast network, Broadwave. She currently presents The Wrap on Triple R and teaches media and communication at a tertiary level. Most of Arie's work seeks to support women of color, particularly black women, to be at the forefront of discussions about art, race, fem- feminism, and justice in Australia. Welcome to Diaspora Blues, Arie. Thank you for having me. <laughs> what an intro. Oh, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited to hear your voice and um, you sound really well and good. Um, I, I feel it. I okay. feel well and I feel good and it's nice to hear your voice too. Oh, amazing, amazing. Let's start from the beginning. What sparked your interest in radio? My interest in radio was kind of <laughs> uh, kind of drummed into me, maybe forced into me. I was a really... You know, I just finished Year 12 and I must have been draining my mum's life because she signed me up to this um, young people of colours radio training summer workshop thing. And it was like a two-week program and I did it and then I just loved it. Like, it sounds like such a cliched story, but learning how to do radio amongst your peers who look like you, who are young, um, and it was like a really tailored project, actually did do what it was supposed to do for me. And that's really where my where my love for radio started. Wow, um, your mum's amazing. Um, <laughs> you've been doing community radio since you were, you know, young, 17, and you've been in the sector for almost a decade now. Let's talk about what do you think has changed? Well, I mean, in the grand scheme of community radio, you know, nine years, eight years is not that long but for me I mean of course I started out um, a little bit at SIN but spent pretty much my entire period of time broadcasting and training and producing and presenting and all of that stuff on 3CR and when I started out at 3CR I started out as a um, as a as a producer for a, a breakfast show so I was the current affairs content producer I would make three segments for breakfast to kind of highlight the experiences and the work of young people of colour in this city. And there was clearly a gap in 3CR's content in the mornings and they wanted to fill that by employing someone of that community to come and do something that would be useful and then, of course, be part of the community and that's exactly the way it was. So when I started out, there were not too many young people, particularly young people of colour, um, that I knew in community radio. I felt like I was the only one. Um, there were a couple of people here and there who I would was drawn to. And what I see now is something that's completely different, particularly in Melbourne. I think that so many of us are at a point now where we know that our voice is valuable and it's worthy and it's worth listening to. Our stories are important, not just our stories, the stories of the people that we know and love, the stories of the people that we share community with um, are really important. Um, and so, and we're also learning and have learnt that community radio as independent kind of radical spaces are what we can are where we can present these stories unapologetically, actively, with politics at the forefront, um, and with care and with love. And so that has really shifted so much. I felt like I was kind of by myself for a while there 
And now there's so many of us, yourself included. God, that is such a great answer. Hey, Ari, it's Ian hey. here, by the way. Did you like your bio? Did you like the little... Yes, I did. I knew you would. And I say this only because the few times that I've been on your show, The Wrap, you give me such a wonderful bio. So I'm glad I could do the same. Well, I appreciate it. And I always do that. So Ayan comes on my show on Triple R every so often. And I always, yeah, I do give you a really long bio and one that's really loving. And every single time you try and discount that. You know, and yeah. It's not true. Everything that you do and everything we talk about and everything that um, I mention is all that you are and everything that you do. And so I just kind of want to make that clear on your show now. Aww. Tell the people all about Ian. Oh, see, that's exactly why I asked you that. I wanted you to make it all about me. <laughs> it was my intention, Arid. Okay, but let's let's go back to you. So I know that you've sat in on like countless diversity panels. And like mm. me and like the rest of us who are marginalised, we sort of get tired of these superficial conversations about diversity. Mm. If we were to move away from that simplified conversation, where would you like the conversation to head towards? Yeah, I guess you're right. I do, excuse me, I do find myself on like panels, particularly with media and youth media diversity in that context. And I can speak to that um, and... I guess, like, off the record, Ayan, you and I, I've often complained to you um, in the past about the fact that, like, sometimes I feel like I'm either speaking to people who already know what's up or speaking to people who don't have the power or the care to do anything. And it's exhausting and it's draining to have to kind of constantly highlight, identify, prove your worth and your humanity to people. And I also, in the last couple of years, have realised that the model that we are engaging with this conversation with is reductive because as someone who's only really been in the sector for like not that long considerably um I feel like the conversation hasn't shifted I think there have been some different outcomes and there's more of us in the space and all of that stuff but I don't think diversity panels or conversations about diversity is what's changed it right I think it's been grassroots engagement and really conversations about ethical um, journalism and ethical broadcasting and community building and community storytelling. And so I think that, you know, when people talk about diversity and having diverse staff within the media or within any context, we often assume that that's the first step. We often, or we often assume that that's the goal at the end of the day, right? That's what we want. We want an equitable society where we have equal amount of people in our community of different races and ethnicities and genders and whatever, and they're reflected in the media. But that's just the first step because we also need to consider what the lens in which we think about our media is, right? I've worked in mainstream media and I have felt that you walk into that space and you don't bring your whole self into that space, right? You then have to somehow conform to some extent to what the standard of that institution is, which makes sense. It's a, you know, a, a business, a company, an in, institution, or maybe outlet. But if all of us have to walk into that space and conform to what this institution is and what it was built on, whatever media institution it might be, then what's the point of us being there, right? It's about, as Nicola Joseph says, it's about media justice. It's about really reframing the point of where we are and where we're going and how we look at things and unpacking the status quo. And I think that's where maybe we should be having, you know, panels about, you know, less so of the, um, I think we should have more Africans in the room. I think we should have 
more people of X race ethnicity in in the room. Mm, that's such a good point that you made because I I don't know I think I'm always wary when people look at diversity from uh, a checklist kind of thingy mm. where they tick off boxes. Um, but you want it to be meaningful and you want it to be justice focused because when it's justice focused that means you accept people as they are you value their contributions as opposed to we want you to come to the table but we want you to strip off everything that makes you who you are right I guess that ties nicely with the next question which is about ethical journalism right as we mentioned you are an educator, you teach communication and media at a tertiary level, right? So how do you even teach students to be ethical journalists, right? Because you have the course outline which you follow, but are there times when you can sort of teach students to transgress in classrooms? Mm. I'm really lucky in that um, what I teach or what I just finished marking all the essays for literally last night Um, is a unit that kind of takes a Marxist lens at communication. And so it doesn't take too much for me to engage. But, of course, there are so many elements that people, students, you know, staff, us, myself, you, me, Bigwa, whoever it might be, we, we, we miss certain moments, right? We miss certain things about conversations that actually really are central and really are important. So... I think, you know, when I used to teach uh, radio or podcasting, um, there was a lot of conversation in my classes. And we kind of, you know, when you do seminars and tutorials and stuff, you really try and um, see where the conversation leads with the students. But I really tried to spark conversations about ethics and what that actually looked like and the dynamics between an interviewer and an interviewee. Um, how we automatically are given a platform and what do we do with that platform. You know, I studied journalism um, while I was also broadcasting on 3CR and literally what I was learning at journalism school was the opposite of what I was learning at 3CR. Um, And it was kind of conflicting for me because on one hand I was actually doing the work and making these pieces and, you know, recording these interviews and stuff and and, and being taught by, you know, people at 3CR, Gab Reid and other broadcasters what I should be doing and how to do this in an ethical way. And on the other hand, at university, I was taught how to like extract information from people and maybe take advantage of them to some extent and really ensure that the power dynamics are not um, balanced or, or whatever. So I do my best to talk to students about um, ethics. I do my best to ask students constantly and like a big part of my teaching is in telling people to think about what they consider is the standard and then question everything about that. Why is that the standard? You know, we were talking about the media diversity report in class um, a couple of months ago, and I was like, well, why do we think this happens? Whose voices do we care, care about? Why do we care about those voices? And really, when you start to unpack that, we see that, like, you know, white supremacy is very fickle, right? It's also not particularly well-constructed because it's completely illogical and unjustifiable. And so when you start to pick that apart... Um, there's no way in a teaching environment and a learning environment you wouldn't take, um, you wouldn't question it, right? Particularly if you're open to doing that. Tune in to Imagining Disability Justice, 3CR's International Day of People with Disability broadcast on 3rd of December. From 7am to 7pm, we're making space for disabled visionaries to discuss the pandemic year that was 
abolition and building a better future. For details, visit 3cr.org.au forward slash Disability Day 2020. If you just joined us, you're listening to Diaspora Blues on 3CR Community Radio. I'm Bigwa, I'm with Ayan, and we're talking to Areej, the host of The Rap on Triple R. Areej, in the past three weeks, we've covered Radio Skid Row's campaign to stay on air. Uh, and I know you're a fan of Radio Skid Row. Um, but what others might not know is that you interviewed their broadcasters for their for your honors thesis. I think you're an, a really amazing interviewer, actually. I'm just going to put that there. Um, Thank you. What did you learn about the station from the interviews? Oh, my goodness. So my honors thesis was about the experiences of Africans in community radio. And the whole reason why I did it was selfishly because I just wanted to meet lots of African broadcasters, young broadcasters, older broadcasters, like the OGs. And... Um, and I interview people from 3CR and, um, you know, PBS here in Melbourne and other stations. Um, and then I went over to Sydney because I heard um, and I was told that Radio Skidro was home to the longest-running African radio show in the country ever. And so, of course, I had to go and see what that was about, and I did bunch of interviews with um, broadcasters who are not presenting on Gidro anymore, broadcasters who are kind of living elsewhere, living in the like Blue Mountains and others who present in other stations. Um, and what I really learnt was that our history as African of community radio is really radical, right? The first ever community radio show was hosted by um, anti-apartheid activists, ex- exiles from South Africa in Australia became as students in the 1970s and 1980s and they started a radio show to inform their people in this country what's going on back home. And that is like the root of community radio for the African community in this country. And that really kind of filled me with so much pride and it made me feel so drawn to Radio Skid Row to know that history is is like held within that place. And so the show that I'm speaking about is called Africa Connections and it's actually been revived in the last few years by some amazing broadcasters, younger broadcasters at Skid Row who are like taking on the legacy of this amazing show and kind of standing on the shoulders of giants, you know, our radio elders. And it just is amazing that a station like Skid Row exists for us and our history in this country. I also think it's amazing that a show like The Rap exists. I think it's a really (laughs) radical show. And um, I don't know too many shows that play music by emerging artists and also talk about youth imprisonment, anti-blackness in cycling, migration. You've interviewed theorists like Professor Eileen Morton Robinson. Um, I mean, rap and politics go hand in hand, right? So was this something you wanted to capture with the program? And I guess I'm also really interested in what that means um, like for storytelling in ways that we imagine what that is and what that looks like. Yeah, yes. And I like love this question so much because The Rap is a three-hour show. It's a long show and therefore it can't be three hours of conversations about all the heavy topics that you spoke about and other lighter topics and people speaking to their art and other things. But storytelling is like very, very key to like everything that I do in, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call it my practice, but in everything that I do, whether it's in my work or whether it's in my, in other capacities. And I think that, like, our music, um, whether it's 
African music, whether it's the music of the diaspora in this country, whether it is black music from around the world or black music of this country, First Nations music, um, is inherently storytelling, I think. And I think that also what ends up happening, you know, politically when it comes to the music industry in this country is that we have so many amazing, strong musicians in this country that don't actually get the radio play that they deserve because people might not be seeking them out. And I actually think our community is seeking them out. It's just sometimes can be difficult to find. And so if I have three hours to play music and interview some people, that is definitely what I will do. And in terms of the topics that come up, you know, they are kind of random topics, but they're centred around one theme, and that is the experiences of black people in this country and overseas. And it doesn't matter whether you are First Nations, Melanesian, Sister Islander, African, whether you are of the diaspora, whether you are... Um, you know, Afro-Caribbean, whether you're from overseas, whether you're from the continent, whatever. Whatever you have to say goes on this show. And that was the whole, that's the, that was the whole point of it. And so, yeah, it really intentional, intentionally about storytelling. I'm really proud of the work that you do, Arich. Um, and, and for Black women listeners who might be interested in either podcasting or radio, where can they hit you up? Oh, my goodness. Well, um, somehow some friends convinced me to make my Instagram public. And so you can hit me up on Instagram um, at Areej. You'll find Areej run on Instagram. But you can also um, hit up Diaspora Blues, Ayana Bigla, up, you know, two people that I've known for a really long time and have loved and love everything that you guys do. And you can um, get onto me that way. The rap has an Instagram, my email is on a website somewhere that you can find. So just hit me up if you're, you know, a young black woman or young black person or any any black person who wants to engage with radio or university, if you're interested in doing journalism and stuff at university, definitely hit me up. I would love to hear from you and I would love to hear where, what your thoughts are and, you know, chat all about it. Areej, you're incredible and precious and we're honoured that you are on the show today. Thank you so much. Can I just say, I know we've just got to finish. I feel so excited that this show exists. Diaspora Blues is literally, you know, it's my heart. It makes me so excited to see you guys on Instagram every time. Every time I listen um, to listen back to the show, it makes me feel so proud and so excited that we really are out here. And that is like, that's game changing. And so I love you both and I'm really proud of the show. Um, And it was really beautiful to chat with you today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're amazing. I want to drop food, not bombs. Hot trains, bottles, giving every info shop. I want to give free therapy out in the park. Go to free school, jumps, and high crackers. When I was new to Melbourne, I found a food, not bombs fly on the road. And I had like this fist with a carrot. And carrots are my favorite vegetable. Yeah, I think they were asking for help doing stuff and I got in touch. We, I guess, rescue food. That would otherwise go to waste. I like the aspect of sharing food and um, not making anyone feel obligated to pay anything for it. We make a real point at Food Not Bombs of involving everyone who wants to be involved in whichever part they want to be involved in. For more information, go to fnbmelb.noblogs.org. Food Not Bombs is a 3CR supporter. Food Not Bombs. 
That was Arij Noor from The Wrap on Triple R. Listen to The Wrap every Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. on 102.7 FM. You can listen to previous episodes of The Wrap by going to www.triplr.org.au. That's www.triplr.org.au. And follow prompts to find the show. From every corner of the land, womankind arise! Women on the Line, a current affairs program devoted to women's voices, covering a diversity of women's interests and hearing women's perspectives on current affairs. Erosion of human rights leads directly and inevitably to erosion of human security. We do not accept the denial of our rights. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.